Hello, hello again. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time zone or place in the world that you are listening into this episode. I am Vanessa Farino, your host. Thank you so much, honestly, for tuning in and supporting the podcast. This is something that I've been dreaming about for such a long time. It's been definitely something that is allowing me to step out of my comfort zone. It's not easy to be doing this, but it's definitely so exciting to be doing and pursuing one of my goals and dreams. And I'm very grateful for you to be here and support me through this process. Anyhow, now moving on to a really quick update. If you follow us on socials, you might've already seen some of the changes that we have merged Creative Woman into Creative Human for our socials. We decided to do this because we wanted to be very inclusive of all diverse perspectives and people um, through all genders and backgrounds, ethnicity, cultures, and we just thought it was the best decision for us to do long-term to be able to provide the best to all of our creatives out there. Now, moving on to our next episode, guest speaker. I'm so honored and thrilled that she even said yes to this. She's a woman that I met back in 2017. I've been following her journey, supporting her on socials, um, supporting her in her business as well. I have been a client and she's just overall amazing. Like such a great example of a creative human. I'm so excited to share that she's going to be telling us so many tips of how she is like successful, talking about her daily routine and etc. So before we do that, I want to give you a little bit of background of who this person is. Her name is Rachel Stifter. And she is the CEO and founder of Parlor and Parlor Brand Studio. Her journey began at the age of 18 outside of her dorm room in New York City. She directed a photo shoot of her friends in a blizzard. And that night began her mission of a passionate path that would become her career. 11 years later, Rachel runs the world's largest and most unique multi-million dollar corporation, Parlor and the Parlor Brand Studio, an award-winning five-star rated salon, spa, photography studio, and branding agency. She likes to say they make people and brands look and feel amazing. In addition to being CEO, Rachel is also a master brand photographer, working with clients such as Reebok, Condé Nast, Self Magazine, Camille Kostek, Rob Gronkowski, and so many others. Rachel leads a team of 33 incredible individuals out of her Soho-like 11,000 square foot space located just 20 minutes west of Boston. Rachel is only 30 years old and she's also recently launched her third company called Sleepy Tie, which is a silk product that prolongs your salon style or blow dry reducing the need for styling tools and heat on your hair. The best part is that you save time in the morning, no matter what hair type or texture. Welcome, Rachel. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi. I'm so bad at Zoom. I'm so bad at Zoom. It's mortifying. I literally just been talking on mute. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Can you please tell us, for people who don't know, who you are, well, I think everybody knows who you are, but just tell us, walk <laughs> us through that journey. Flatter. Walk us through that journey. Sure. Right? I'm like 800 people. And once I start talking, I usually won't stop. So <laughs> you'll just have to shut me up. Um, so hi, I, I see some familiar faces on here. So it's nice to, um, 
be on here with all of you. And thank you for taking the time to listen to me talk. It's always an honor. Um, and I'm actually in, I'm at Parlor right now. So if you guys have been here, I'm, I'm inside of our conference room. Um, so I am the founder of Parlor and Parlor Brand Studio. It's a company that I've been building for 11 years now. I started the company when I was 18 years old, completely by accident, um, which I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs kind of have that theme of their story. And essentially, I was a business major at Hofstra University and I had these like really gorgeous friends. I happened to have like a mouthful of braces, but I loved makeup because it made me feel more attractive with my braces in college. And um, all my friends were film majors, so they had cameras. And so there was this one random night in a blizzard. And I don't know if you guys remember, but like 2010, everyone was wearing those American apparel leotards. So I had my friends getting these American apparel leotards. I did their makeup, I did their hair, and I did their photography, threw them in this blizzard, and I made them pose in the leotards in the snow. And that's when Facebook was just for college students. So it was super targeted. So I put those photos online and they blew up. Everyone in Long Island and New York was like, do that for me, do that for me. I was getting stopped in the mall. I'm like, who, me? And, and right from the start, I was like, yeah, sure. $800, sure. A thousand, sure. This is what it costs. And right then and there, you know, business was born. I didn't really know it. It was very organic. And so from that point forward, I had opened a frat house basement photography studio where I started to work out of and did people's eyelashes in this creepy frat house basement. And I started to get a clientele somehow. And so I just kind of kept going and going. It got to the point where I felt like I needed to kind of move in a different direction. So I actually dropped out of college in my junior year. And I got an internship with an, a celebrity stylist named Alexa Winner in New York City. And I mean, you could call me, you could say I was her intern. I was her bitch, like whatever she needed. I'm sorry. I swear I'm not proper like that. Um, it's just, I am who I am. Um, but I literally ran her errands. I picked up clothing for celebrities. I, I did anything she wanted me to do. And so, you know, you were going to ask me later, like someone who affected my career. Sorry, I'm answering that now. Okay. It's, it's really yeah. her. And um, from that point, fast forward a little bit had a really serious family trauma and another really serious family trauma forced me to leave New York and then move back to my hometown of Framingham, which was like the worst. And from that point forward, I had a small 300 square foot space, moved into a 2,500 square foot space where I started a salon that was attached to a photography studio. It had never been done before. We were working with celebrities. We were working with all types of amazing people in Boston and people were starting to take notice. I'm like 23, I have no clue what I'm doing at the time. And then eventually I said to my landlord, when the space becomes available, then I moved into an 11,000 square foot space where I decided to expand on all these careers that I had made, makeup, spa, and I have 33 employees who work for me at the age of 30, we're located in Framingham and just like a dream, just a dream come true. Um, thank you so much for, you know, opening up and talking about that story and what that meant to you. Can we dig a little bit deeper onto, you know, who were you when you, what did life look like when you were younger, you know, when they asked you, Rachel, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, those yeah. sort of questions. Um, yeah. 
So I grew up um, in a home with two entrepreneurs, my parents, uh, and I come from a line of entrepreneurs. So my grandfather owned a flooring store, passed it down to my father, and my father ran um, a, a huge company called Only Flooring. And my mom ran the stores, the showrooms, and he was like on the road kind of managing construction. And so every day after school, I would go to their business and I would answer phone calls. And I loved business. I just like, I loved being a part of customer service, being client facing. And I'm talking about like, this is eight, eight years old, 10 years old, I would be at, at their business. And um, so I was very inspired by that. And I would say that when I was younger, I probably, I knew that I wanted to own something like a makeover business. I would always tell people it would be called a beautiful you. I don't know where, what that means, but I do, I did do a version of that. So I feel like it kind of held true to my childhood. I absolutely love that. And growing up, was there anybody in particular who might have been like, right, sometimes at least not sure if this resonates with you, but someone who might've impacted you and they might have had like a negative impact you that you made it into a positive. We're talking all about our superpowers on how we, you know, we really turn those opportunities differently to make us who we are today. Um, so someone who really impacted me, I find myself constantly impacted by everyone I'm surrounded by. I just kind of like I'm a sponge. I like to soak people in. I would say that when I was younger, it's probably my father. He's um, a very like antisocial, very like focused man. Um, I know that sounds cliche, but like, it's probably both of my parents, but my dad particularly like was a meditative man who studied Taoism and Buddhism. And when I was punished, when I was little, it was a form of meditation. I had to stare at a candle to regain my focus, or I had to write on a piece of paper over and over again, what I wanted to be more of, as opposed to sitting in my room punished. So I think like those kind of habits, I are shaped into not, it, it almost sounds creepy, but it's not creepy. It's just like, I, I have this way of being embedded into my mind of um, how to handle difficult things and how to handle the everyday tasks of business. So I would say it's probably my dad. That is so interesting, right? Because when we talk yeah. about like, how people raise their children, everybody culturally might have, you know, religious wise, there's just so many things that are incorporated to that. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, another thing he used to make me do was like, I don't, I don't say make me, but like, it was just, he was strict, but it wasn't like right. in a bad way. It was like, if I was to go to an ice cream store, I needed to know what flavor ice cream I wanted before I went into the store. He didn't like indecisiveness. So it was like, don't sit there and, and wander. Know what you want and go after what you want and get what you want. Laser focus, I would say would be the term. Um, I, I can tell you that I... I study all religions. So like on that front, I'm, I'm Jewish by nature, but I resonate deeply with Buddhism and Taoism and Christianity, everything. I study all the religions because I think it has a lot to do with how I run business and how I understand people. So I think like that background has also kind of made me the business owner that I am today. Wow. That's so, so, so amazing. Can we talk a little bit more about any health or actual life traumas that have made you stronger in who you are today? Yes. So I, my plan was to always stay in New York. Um, I was going into the city every day. I was living in Long Island. I had a full book of business there. I never was coming home. Like you couldn't have paid me a million dollars to come back to Framingham, Massachusetts. So I would say that I've had a lot of trauma. 
in my life, like excessive amounts of trauma. And I don't regret one second of it uh, in terms of like, it got me to where I am today. So the trauma that I experienced pulled me from New York. It's not a public thing that I talk about often because it can be often misinterpreted the trauma that I went through. Um, maybe one day I will go live with explaining what happened. But at this time, I kind of keep that personal. But the situation was so traumatic that it forced me to need to go back home. I'm the oldest of five children and I have a very handicapped brother. And at the time, my father was unavailable to help with my mom. So my mom asked me to move home and to bring my business back to Framingham. And so I would say that was probably the most traumatic experience of my life was moving back to Framingham and like abandoning everything that I had created. Um, and then I was planning to move back to New York six months later after like the situation kind of dissipated. And essentially I had my another family member had gotten diagnosed with cancer. So it just like the hits kept hitting and it was uh, synchronicity, I think, from the universe kind of telling me you're not going back to New York, you're going to bring New York to Framingham. And because of that, I now have the career that I have. Thank you for sharing that. It seems like you have, you have an empire, right? There is Rachel is really someone who is knows what she wants. She's, she has that in her DNA. I think that's so fantastic how your father used to really put that in you, right? It's sort of like, it wasn't punishment. It was more like reflection um, when something didn't yeah, go, and I good way absolutely, uh, I'm like thinking about a million things right now. Maybe I'll talk to you chat offline, but I think that's so phenomenal, right? We punish ourselves <laughs> sometimes, uh, or most of the time, right. As adults, we're constantly not giving ourselves credit. We punish ourselves all the time. And I think if we change that mind shift, right, it's like, instead of punishing ourselves and beating ourselves because we are our worst enemies today, how can we go into self-reflection to manifest or dream or aspire to be and re-pivot to where we need to get to, but then also think about why, right? Um, How does that resonate with you? I think the root of it all is awareness. Um, Like, and I think people don't have a lot of awareness these days, it's just like what I see. And I think it's because life is moving so fast. Like social media is such a blur and like everyone's just trying to be everyone else. Um, I think that people's awareness has decreased. Um, so I feel like getting in touch with that awareness of like, how, how do I feel today? Um, like, you know, like I, I think that's just one little thing in terms of like understanding yourself. Um, And I think that's something we can all probably work on to get closer to that, you know, and to not, it's not punishing yourself. It's understanding your situation. It's understanding your emotions. It's, you know, like I screw up every day of my life. There is not one day that I don't screw something up, but I'm like, all right, on to the next, you know, how can we turn it into a positive? Like what, what's going on tomorrow? You know, this afternoon, it's just, it's staying aware, it's staying present, it's having no ego and it's being like, all right, I'm not going to punish myself and stay in this stupid little moment. Let's go to the next moment, you know? Right. Right. I love that. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your day-to-day might be like? I, I can't imagine ever two days being the same, but say for like the most, one of the most, um, neutral days for yourself, what does that look like for you? Um, so a normal day structure for yourself, right. For accountability, self-care, you know, um, boundaries. How do you do all of that? 
So I would say that I'm my best skill is putting amazing people in the right jobs. Um, like the team that I've created, you don't have multi-million dollar corporations without an incredible team. So like it's, I don't do this alone. And I had a team meeting last night with everyone. And I told them as parlor continues to grow, they will continue to grow. Like there's no cap to the, where the, the team will, will go. Right. Right. Um, a normal day for me is insane. Like I, sometimes I just like can't even wrap my head around how much I do in a day. I'm not saying that to like, you know, woe is me. It's just like the amount I, I, of effort I put into every present moment and every task is super important to me. Um, I wake up every day at 5am. Um, I'm big on routine. So it's not that I wake up at, um, I snooze three times. Like I don't give myself that option. I wake, I set my alarm for five. I allow myself one snooze. I physically stand up at five 15. I go straight to my dogs. I put my coffee on. I go pour my tea. I get my incense burning. I sit down. I do something called mind, body, spirit, soul, and food. I know this is weird. This is my morning. No, no, so I then go into what do I want my mind to feel like? Um, what movement am I going to do today to give back to my body? Um, I go through every single task that I have that day. And I ask myself, what do I want each task to feel like? And what do I want to achieve at the end of each task that I need to get through? Um, what do I want to eat at each meal? Usually that it never happens. Um, but I try my absolute best. Um, and then spirit and soul, how connected am I to my soul that day? Where is my head at? Am I grateful? Am I moving way too fast? Um, my days, I have so many hats and so many roles at my company and I have to juggle them all meticulously. Um, so I have a full-time assistant, Lauren, who's on this chat now. She's like my life raft. Um, she helps me with everything. So everything that I have to be, she has to be like also that. Um, my day begins with that morning routine. And then I have, like I said, I have multiple hats. So I start by meetings with my team. Um, what's going on here? What's going on there? How are we with this? Do you, what they ask me my opinion on things. And I'm also a full-time photographer. So I'm, I'm usually on set of productions or I'm usually directing video productions for the brands that I work with through our agency. So um, like, for example, on Friday, my day consisted of about, I think like 15 different meetings with different people. Um, and then Monday, my day is zero meetings and I'm going to the Reebok headquarters to photograph all the executive team for their new website that they're launching. So it's like, it could just change so much drastically by the day. And that's why I love my job because it's like keeping me on my toes, you know? Right. Can you talk a little bit more about the routines that you created for yourself right in the morning? I think that really does set the tone and foundation um, to keeping you focused and what's important to you because you're yeah. focusing on Rachel first. How did you come up with those? You know, did, did you get it from mentors or coaches or it just came to you? Um, my, so my dad wakes up at four, AM. My father-in-law wakes up at 4am. They're both very successful. I read a book a really long time ago. I think it was called like the miracle morning or something. And I was like, I can do this better than what he's doing. And, um, I think it's that because my day moves so fast and because there's so much going on and like so much energy zinging around my head, I recognized that I needed to lay a very strong foundation before I went into my day. Um, and so that morning routine for me 
has become something. It's not a chore anymore. It started that way. Like, let me just let you t- understand that. It's not that I'm like, <laughs> 5 a.m., like, well, give me my coffee. It's a, It was a nightmare at first. And the motivation for me comes from feeling sound, having no anxiety, being happy, being peaceful um, in this life that I'm living. I... I want peace. Um, and in order for me to remain peaceful, I must have that discipline. It's just not an option. So I recommend to you that you not compare yourself to me with your routines. Like I'll give you an example. My assistant, Lauren, again, who's on this chat, she was like, I'm not into mornings, but she does her routine at night. And I love that, you know, like it doesn't have to be what the next person is doing. It's just like what works for you. But I can tell you, if you, if I was like one-on-one coaching one of you right now, I'd be like, you got to have a routine. There has to be something in your day where you set the foundation and the tone of who you are, how in touch you are with yourself, how in touch you are with your awareness before you move to your next tasks. Otherwise you'll crash and burn eventually. It's, it's a hundred percent guarantee. Yeah. Um, we have a question from the audience that says, um, morning routine sounds great. What time do you finish that? So, um, I give myself 30 minutes per category. So it's 30 minutes of journaling. It's 30 minutes of movement. Usually it's yoga. I I run through a little flow, um, 30 minutes of, um, meditation, which is just breath work, very calm breath work. Um, so that's an hour and a half. And then I do 30 minutes of prep time in there. You know, like I gotta, I gotta get to the bathroom. I gotta have my coffee. I gotta, gotta, I gotta get my morning going. You know what I'm saying? So there it's, I would say it's about two hours every day. religiously, even on a Saturday. I love that. I, um, on it, (laughs) I'm on it. I'm a night out. I'm definitely going to start doing that for the evenings. Um, cause I think it also helps you create more boundaries, right? Because you're like me first, that's it. Um, so you are someone who has so many channels within parlor, right? How do you decide what is like the next thing for you? Because I'm sure you might have like you know, you could literally launch 5 billion things tomorrow, but how do you decide where you're going to put your attention to next? Because you are launching something next week, right? How did you know it was that one versus something else? This is super important. I think everyone does this wrong. So it's like, and I'm going to say, like, I I think I've proven that this works. You have to look at your work life in a 90 day world. People take on way too much. And they're like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this. And I want to do that. I'm a visionary and I'm like all about the next thing, but you can't do all of the next things all at once. So at my company, we do, um, 90 day goal setting. And so essentially we don't, and it's not, a, there, there's rules to it. It's every three to five major things you want to accomplish in that next 90 day goal. And then you get to the next 90 day goal, the next 90 day goal. So like I have ideas that amount to probably five years of like what's going to happen next. Um, I know what 10 years from now is going to look like because I've broken that down backwards by every 90 day increment. The best advice that I can give you guys on the people that I've helped kind of get to next levels in their career is something I call the getting what you want tool. Um, And basically what you do is you just kind of like make a bunch of boxes on a page and you take arrows and draw them backwards from box to box. And in the last box, you write the goal, right? Like I, what, whatever it 
could be. Um, like one of mine right now is I want to launch my merch to be sold online by the end of quarter one. Um, and in order to do that, there's a lot of things that have to happen, right? Like it's not just going to magically occur. So I move backwards from box to box from that last box to decide what are the six steps that need to happen before I get to the next box so that I can actually complete that goal and get there. Um, I think that people don't break down their goals enough. And I think that when you break it down, there's something called the compound effect. I'm, it's something I practice daily. It's little things amounting to big things, right? Don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Just do one baby step every single day, one baby step every single day. And then you will one day be like, what is my life? And like, this is what I, where I'm at right now. It's just like, I look around parlor and I'm like, when did this happen? I don't remember because I'm so present in the moment and I'm so focused on that 90 day world. The 90 day worlds turn into your real life. So. Awesome. Well, we're so pumped to hear about the secret. I don't want to ask questions. We'll do that later. Um, yeah. See what you can reveal, but um, talking about um, boundaries, structure, discipline with yourself, the yes. 90 day rule. Um, what are some of the things that you do for career and business development for yourself? Um, do you have coaches? Do you, you know, like who are your board directors just as in title wise, you don't have to like give us the name of the people. Yep. Yeah. So I have the structure of my company is that we have a leadership team. Yeah. Um, and those, it, there's no hierarchy at my company. So it's not, it's left to right, not top to bottom. Um, I say that because every single person keeps parlor afloat. So it, it's not, I, and I said to my team the other night, I was like, I'm not your boss. I'm your coworker. I'm just doing a different job. Um, so I would say that, you know, it's what, tell, what did you ask me again? My brain. I need to shut this door. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, my question was, what are the things that you're doing for yourself for like career development, like entrepreneurship development? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So entrepreneurship, like, oh, you asked about the coaches. That's what threw me off. Like the board so, directors for your life, right? Yep. So um, I think everyone has their sounding boards. Like I have people I go to for different things. Um, like I have a certain best friend that I talk to about business and I know other best friends don't want to talk about business. I go to my mom for certain things that are emotional. I go to my dad for certain things that are business. Um, and my board of directors is consisted of, like I said, my leadership team. So that is our director of videography, our director of photography. It's our chief of operations who happens to be my sister, Carly. Um, it is myself and is our director of graphics. Um, that is my leadership team. And then we have managers. So we have the portrait manager. We have the salon and spa manager. The main phrase that really, like when I think about entre entrepreneurial spirit is delegate and elevate. Um, it's something that I say to my team a lot. Like we can't all do it all. So it's like, what are you going to have somebody else do with you and for you uh, to get you to that next step that they're going to love doing? It's not about, you know, taking things off your plate that someone else is going to like grudge around hating. It's like, they want to love that job too. So um, what I do for myself from an entrepreneurial perspective is I read books and I'm not like a normal reader. I don't read a book like top to bottom. I have just like a library of topics. And every morning when I sit down to meditate, I just open up a random page and I think to myself, the universe is giving me this magical message yeah. and I run with it. So that's kind of like 
how I keep moving forward with my entrepreneurial spirit. Awesome. We have a question from the audience. It says, I have a similar background, but in personal styling and luxury retail, and I'm looking to make a pivot into brand marketing. What advice would you have this type of transition and how to be confident that you can transfer your skills? Well, I'm confused by the question, I think, because it's like where I guess I'm trying to figure out what, what do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Is it like you want a job working for a brand marketing them? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Um, I would say you're doing the right thing by being on this chat. I, I think that it's. Um, she says she wants, she thinks she wants to be in partnerships. Brand partnerships. Yeah. I think you need to get a little bit more specific with what you want. So one thing is like, everyone thinks my life is glamorous right? Like my life is not glamorous. I started from the ground up on everything I did. I told you I was the intern. I have been every job at my company. Um, and I still do manual labor every single day. I think I would say like, get the groundwork in, um, like get any type of job that is at the tip of what it is that you'd like to be in at the end. Um, don't wait around being like, this is what I want to be. And this is what I want to just start, like, just shut up and start like go where, and like, if there's a brand that you love that mixes fashion and marketing that you can like get in, like, let's say it's free people and you can start working at the free people office, be the best free people human you've ever, they've ever seen in the store to the point where that you're like, hi, I'm going to need corporate's email address. And they're going to be like, hi, yeah, here it is. And then you get to corporate and you're like, wait, I need to get to New York and I need to. And then you're like, oh, I'm like the marketing assistant. And then you're going. So I would say it's like my question back to you is what job can you find that makes you do the the grunt work that can get you to the next step? You know, it's because you're, you're not going to start there. It, it, you're going to end there. So like the move backwards from that goal the getting what you want tool and be like, how can I get there? You know, what's the first step? I love how you're bringing up the grunt work. People just don't think about that. You know, they're yeah. like, Oh, how do you, how did you get to this? But how do you have this? Oh, it must be nice. Or this and this it's like, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. It must be nice. That's my it must be nice. Let's see if they, they would think the same thing, right. If they really saw the grunt work and the behind the scenes. And quite honestly, I value so much the grunt work or before I delegate something, I always tell people when I hire them, right. And you, I think said the same thing. I want to know exactly how the job is done, not to micromanage, but to provide more value to that person who I'm hiring. And I understand the struggles that they're going through. Right. Totally. Yes. I totally resonate with that. It's just, everything's an experience. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think everyone should be a business owner. Like I'm not that person that's like, yeah, follow your dream that you're talking to the wrong person. If you want to get that for me, I'm more like, what's your unique ability? What are your strengths? How can you shine? Where can you shine? You know? And it's, so it's like also setting, I think, realistic goals to that point is like, what are you reaching for? And is it really within your wheelhouse or is it something you saw on Instagram that you wanted to be more like, you know, like I, I have a lot of questions about the authenticity of these of goals and different things like that. Um, but yeah, like when it comes to doing the hard work, I agree with you. You have to do the job you want somebody else to do. You have to know what it feels like to be in that job. And of course you have to do it yourself to understand the needs of it, of that position. Right. 
We have a question from the audience that says, what was the first thing you outsourced because you did it, you hated doing it? The first thing I outsourced? Mm -hmm. I, I would say it's like answering the emails of the company or like just... I like, there's just so much communication all day long. I just like, my energy is very sensitive and I get pinged too much. I think it's probably what my sister does for a job. She's the operation. She's the chief of operations. Um, she's the problem solver. So like everybody knows you go to her first when you have a problem and you don't come to me. It's not because I'm a diva. It's because my mind has to be clear to do my job. I'm right. the visionary. I need to come up with the visions for the company. If everyone is clouding me with silly little problems, I can't do my job well for everybody else. So I would say it's like the operations of the company is not something I'm managing anymore. I, I oversee it. I'm getting reports on it every week. Um, but the operations of the company is not where my vision was at me. So delegating is important. Making sure you have the right team is important. Can we talk a little bit how you find the right talent? Because I think that's one of the things that's always spoken about, you know, hiring the right people is so important, but finding the right people is also tricky. Totally. I would say the first word that comes to mind is culture. Um, like identifying what your culture is and what your core values are. Like at Parlor, we have five core values. You value your team over ego. You love your craft. You create exceptional experiences. You add positivity to everything you do and you put your team over your ego. Um, when we are hiring and when we are firing, we are using those core values. It took us 16 hours in a room to come up with those core values. And we, we made them based off of the top people at the company and we said, who are the people we would take to Mars to restart this, this brand? Um, and then we were like moved backwards and then we ended up with the core values. I ask a lot of very subliminal questions when I'm interviewing someone. Um, and if they answer one question wrong, I do not hire them. Um, and I'm very picky about that. If they look over at my sister and they call her her and they don't call her Carly, you're out. It, it's like the little things for me. It's more on energy than it is on how well you did your homework. And listen, sometimes I get it wrong too. Like, um, I keep talking about Lauren, my assistant, but I recently interviewed, got down to two interviews, um, for like who I was going to hire for my next assistant. And there was one Lauren, it was her first interview out of college and um, I would say she was a little bit more rough around the edges in terms of like she was showing me things on her phone. And like, I, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then I had another girl who like brought my exact coffee order, which like became a little bit creepy all of a sudden and was probably like had been through more corporate experience. And what's really funny is I hired the other girl and I hated the other girl. And then literally I'm calling Lauren and I'm like, come in come in here, you know, like, and, and so then I'm like, I like your energy. I like you, like, let's give this another try. And so then I hired her based off of energy, you know? So I think it's like, if you're interviewing, be your authentic self, it can work out for you, even if there's mistakes and it will come back, whatever's meant to be will be. And if you are interviewing somebody else, look for those core values, know those core values and know what your culture is of your brand, of your vision and who you want to match that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you work with your sister. Can you talk a little bit more about the dynamic? I totally feel like you guys have really great boundaries between yes. what she's responsible for, what you're responsible for and how you support her. But can you talk a little bit how that worked? I'm sure that at the beginning, maybe the boundaries weren't so set clear and you know how everybody um, 
gives their best, uh, their, their strengths, you know, to parlor. Yeah. So that was not easy at first. Um, and everyone actually told us not to do it. They were like, do not work together. This is the worst idea possible. Even my parents were kind of like, eh, I don't know about that because my sister and I, um, like I said, we're a, a part of a five sibling family. Um, there's a lot of us, it's like a zoo and we were the oldest two siblings. And I was sort of like considered the angel and she was definitely considered the devil. And that's not like open for interpretation. That's just the fact she was the one that was like genuinely punished. And I was the one who was like, writing in the journal. Do you know what I'm saying? Different. And, um, so growing up, she was argumentative and kind of had like bold stances on things. And I was probably a little bit more like googly and creative. And what's funny is that it almost, we sort of were yin and yang when growing up and like, could have, you could have said we didn't get along. Like she would take my clothes to middle school and throw them in the dumpster. Um, and I loved her, but we were different. And so when it came to us working together, everyone was shocked. They were like, really? Should you do that? Is that smart? And I saw something in Carly and I knew, you know, she was younger than me. And I was like, she completes me. And I knew that like everything that I was weak at, she was strong at and vice versa. And that is why Parlor has become the powerhouse it is. I always say without Carly, I would not have Parlor. And that is the truth. And she is um, a driving force in the operations of the company. And she does things I can't do. And I do things she can't do. So, you know, it works. Uh, finding the balance, owning um, your strengths, but also providing boundaries, I think is all about having healthy re relationships, right? So you can be the best that you can be. And then nobody's interfering with all that stuff. Um, can we go back to talk a little bit more about what 2020 meant to you from the global pandemic? <laughs> yeah, we all don't do well with unknown, right? Like it's the worst um, when you're in a situation, you don't know how it's going to end. I think it was a really dark year for me. Like, I, but at the end, one of the best years. So you know, like the year started with me being on my honeymoon. I had just gotten married and I'm like, la-di-da, I'm going to Thailand and Maldives. I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. And, um, during that time I had some like really nasty employees, like kind of screw me over, which was super stressful. And I like, I remember talking on my honeymoon about these people that had screwed me over. And I was like, I can't believe I'm talking about people on my honeymoon like this, but that's the life of a business owner. It's like, you can't escape it. You got to talk about it. So I got on my honeymoon in Asia and remember COVID had just come out. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can see I'm now a year away from my honeymoon like today and I'm posting all this content. And so we were like contemplating, should we go? Should we not go? We ended up going very scary, but it was great. We ended up getting room upgrades everywhere because of COVID. So it worked out the day that we landed, um, the week after was when the entire world shut down. So any relaxation that came from this honeymoon was erased. And essentially, uh, from that point forward, my, I gained all my wedding weight back. I was stressed to the max. I was horrified. My grandmother was like one of the first people in the area to die of COVID. Um, I told you that I have a handicapped brother, which was very scary because he can't even get the common cold. Mm -hmm. So I haven't kissed my brother in a year. Um, I haven't touched my brother in a year. And, um, you know, my mom has lymphoma and I, things were scary. It like was not good. And of course my baby, my business that I've spent 10 years building was closed. 
I literally was just like trying to have the most integrity at every corner. And every time I turned, I, I got hit and I got so stressed. I formed, uh, I formed kidney problems in my body. Like I was so deeply sick because I'm like, I can't lose everything I had been working on and I don't know how I'm going to get help here. Like I, I don't have, you know, a rich family where they're just going to be like, here, honey, here's right. $100,000 to just fix your problems. It's not the life I'm from. So, you know, um, eventually of course the government came in and they bailed us out and that was fantastic. And I felt they did right by us and we got back on our feet. And I think because of our team and because of the loyalty and because of our clientele, we bounced back better than ever. And somehow we became like the standard of safety for salon and spa to the point where I saw a couple salons literally accidentally copied and pasted our guidelines and forgot to take out Parler's name and sent out an email to their clientele being like, these are our guidelines. (laughs) So the worst situation ever turned us into leaders, you know? So we like, we turned lemon into lemonade and we ended up having a great year. And um, we are the strongest team we've ever been because of the hardship. So whatever, you know? Yeah. Talk about paving the way. (laughs) Just is what it is. What are some, and now going back a little bit, sorry, I'm, I keep going back and forth. I'm just so excited. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, going back to being an intern, right. It's going back to talking about the grunt work and understanding all of that stuff, which lay the foundation of who you are and understanding the value of work, et cetera. What are some maybe one impactful scenario where like, wow, I learned these particular things that I took with me for life, which I'm sure there's many or an actual situation where you're like, I will never forget this because it's going, I'm, I'm not going to treat people this way, or I'm going to treat people. I don't know. Does that resonate with yeah. you? No, it does. Yeah. So working in New York as a very authentic person, um, you know, like when I was working in New York city with all these fashionable people, I, you know, I think I'm sort of cute now. I was definitely not cute then. I like, I had snaggle teeth growing out of my nose. I had braces. I was pudgy. I w- did not know what I was wearing. Um, you know, I just, was doing the best I could. And, um, the stylist that I was working for, she, um, I remember her being like, we're going to, we're going to take you to Prada to get, to get some flats. We're going to, we're going to fix this. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, I, she really took me under her wing. I, two things come to mind with what you're saying. One, I was a makeup artist and a hairstylist that was completely untrained, fake it till you make it, right? And Alexa was the stylist for a fashion designer named Gemma King, who had a presentation in front of Josie from Elle magazine and Vogue. And um, it was New York Fashion Week. It was a private presentation. And they needed a makeup artist and a hairstylist, of course. And I didn't know anything about Fashion Week. And I'm untrained. And I make it up every day. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. No problem. And I remember I showed up and she wanted uh, this Harajuku inspired look uh, with a bun on top of her head and these little lips. And I remember that the model didn't show up uh, on time. And so I had like 10 minutes to get one of the models ready and all of the people were already lined up and it was super stressful. And I always will remember that moment because I slayed it. And like, in the end I did it and I was so stressed and I was so scared and I had no clue what I was doing, but you just shut your mouth and you just get the job done. You know, like you, you just, you don't complain. 
And also I can tell you this, like while I was sad to leave New York, New York has like a bad mentality sometimes, you know, like everyone's asking you to do things for free. If anybody ever asks you to do something like for exposure, run. If like it's, you get paid for your job or you don't do it. It's just like, that's my view on it. It's like, if you value your time or you don't. And there was a lot of that in New York. They all wanted me to like do things for free. And they all had this very like, you know, bougie attitude. And I wasn't like that. I was like, hi, this is me. What, what, what do you want? Like, what's the service that you need from me? And I'll do it to the best of my ability. And I didn't love the attitude in New York. I'll be honest. I I prefer Boston people, I think better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that stuff. Like, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> this is I told so- you, I talk a lot. No, I love it. I love it because we can go back and forth in so many different ways and just learn from you. And then like, you know, um, and, and then we just have these reflections, right? I love it. Can you share a little bit, anything, how we can stay tuned or how we can follow, how can we be ready? What can you share? So I'll give you some exclusive info. So first of all, if you've been following me on social media, you've known that I've been posting about my secret, my hair secret, and I did not intend for that to happen. I did not intend for me to like say to you guys that I had a secret. And so now it's just gone on for way too long. So we launched the brand. It is something that I invented. So essentially I can tell you this, I go to sleep with a blowout and I wake up with very curly kinky hair. I sweat in my sleep like a gorilla. I don't know what is happening when I'm dreaming, but it's just like not a good look. I wake up, my blow dryer is completely gone and I have to go back over my very curly hair with a blow dryer dry um, or with a curling iron, both very damaging just to get my hair back to a place where I look presentable. So I'm like, there has, I tried silk scrunchies. I tried silk pillowcases. I tried silk caps. I'm like, no, no one's getting this right. Like something's wrong that I can't wrap my hair in a certain way. Get my hair to wake up perfect. Perfect. So I can tell you that I landed for my honeymoon. I decided I was going to work on this. I taught myself how to sew. (laughs) That was funny. I am the worst. I'm not domestic. And I made a prototype of something that I felt could maybe solve this problem based on what I know about hair. And then I started using it. And then I started making more. I started sending it out to all my friends. And I was like, try this. Like it's working for me. They started losing their mind. It got to the point where it had been like four weeks and I hadn't done my hair once. I, I had not, I, I had gotten blow dries in my salon. I'll, I admit that, or I would blow dry it myself, yeah. but I didn't have to touch up my hair for work. So I can tell you this, the invention that I'm launching, um, is, I think is going to be, I know is going to be revolutionary to women's hair um, or anyone with long hair, you know, for that purpose. And essentially I can tell you that I, did not do my hair for this meeting right now. This is from my secret. I didn't put heat to my hair. I didn't change my hair. I woke up like this. I love it. It will be available for purchase and it will go live on my personal Instagram at Rachel Lindsay. Amazing. All right. So I hope everybody is following um, Rachel. Rachel, aside from that, any other offerings? How can we follow you aside from Instagram? How can we support all that stuff? Um, I think Instagram connecting on Instagram is a great way and following me on TikTok. I have a new account that I recently launched. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we do offer 20% off for all new clients always at parlor. It's like just a consistent special. So you guys can all take advantage of that. We'd love to have you. That's, that's what I got for you guys. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to share with the community? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd just leave you with that you guys are all exactly where you're meant to be in this exact moment and you don't need to be anything else than you are and you don't need to be anywhere else than you are in this moment, you know, like just be present, progress over perfection and like just love the life that you're living right now, you know, and um, don't try to be something you're not. I think I really appreciate you caring what I have to say, you know, that's it's just such an honor. You made my whole day. Wow, that conversation show was absolutely fantastic. I'm really motivated and inspired to start my daily routine. I'm definitely not a morning person, but I have definitely shifted throughout the years of instead of waking at 9 a.m., waking up now at 6, which has been really tough, but I'm very proud of myself. I'm more of a night owl, so I really appreciated how she definitely shares um, to making things work on your schedule, but also with what aligns best with you. Thank you, Rachel, so much for giving us an insight of your daily routine, the things that you are very passionate about, sharing your story, and even sharing some of the books that you're reading. Okay, so to keep up on the loop with all of our future guests and maybe even suggest some people you would like to hear on a future podcast episode, be sure to follow us at Creative Human Official. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Farino, and I will see you next week with another amazing episode. <laughs>